sex talk. Derek and Miley. Cause sexuality is tough. And okay, sexist isn't good enough. No. Sex talk with Derek and Miley. Hey, folks. Welcome to Sex Talk with Eric Miley. Eric Miley here. I am here to, so like, I'm going to do the video thing as well as the podcasty thing, because I really want to be able to have as many options for you all to get as much information as possible. So one of the things I really wanted to talk about, and it's something that I get a lot of questions about from lots of different people, but majority of women ask me these questions. And I get this question often from men, but of course, in regards to men. So here we go. Performance anxiety in women looks like quite a few different things. And some of this stuff might sound familiar to me because it's very similar in other folks. So one big one is worrying that I won't be good enough for my partner that I won't perform good enough for my partner. And this is actually something I think that most of us worry about in some way, shape, or form. And I think this comes from a lot of different places. One of the big places is lack of education that every body is different and that every person and what they want and need is different. So this is a big one. I'm not going to be good enough for my partner or my partner's more experienced than me and they're going to know it. I'm going to be bad at it. So this is one of those thoughts that really can hang you up in while you're in the bedroom because you're so focused on this and not your partner. You're not focused on your own pleasure. You're not focused on your partner's pleasure. This next one is probably the most often thing I hear from women is that they have some sort of body image issue on a specific body part or their entire body generally. So they are so focused that they're going to see this roll on my stomach or my leg or on my, I hate my calves or I hate my feet or I hate my arms or I hate that my body jiggles in this way. So there's a lot of thought about that and how that looks. And rather than enjoying what happening between you and your partner, being so focused about that rather than being in the moment and allowing yourself to be in the present. So it absolutely kind of pulls you out of what's happening and doesn't allow for your body to kind of do those things naturally that it will do while you're having sex. Number three, Overall relationship issues. This is actually a huge one for all gender identities, all by however, whatever genitalia you have, this is one of the bigger ones that causes a lot of performance anxiety is overall relationship issues. There's some sort of relationship issue that you or more than one of you in your relationship are not tackling. So maybe there's a longstanding conflict or a longstanding power dynamic that you've never addressed or... Maybe you're just really sick and tired of each other leaving underwear on the floor or (laughs) in our house, it's me. It's the coffee cups. I leave those everywhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I got one right here. Mm -hmm. Got my coffee. Yeah. So (laughs) this is something that I hear from a lot of my couples. They get very focused on whatever conflict is happening between the two of them. And it then bleeds into their sex life because we need this sense of connectedness to be able to 
really engage with each other sexually. Not to say that we always need that, but it it means that this conflict is disrupting that connection and, and being able to have sex in spite of it. So next, number four. Sure. That sounds good. (laughs) Anxiety about having an orgasm or needing to fake it. So this is something that I, one, I I don't want anybody faking it. Like that's not, (laughs) it's not helpful for anybody. It's not helpful for your partner. And a lot of times your partner will pick up that it is fake. Oftentimes the things that I hear from women is that they're like, I get into the moment and I start having sex. And then I'm so worried about whether or not I'm going to have an orgasm that I can't get there at all, period. That all of a sudden I'm no longer aroused at all and I just fake it so that I can get it over with. So oftentimes they will just kill their own mood with the thoughts of trying to reach the reach the mountaintop, reach the orgasm, right? So I'm saying these things because I think it's really important for all of you to understand that this is all very incredibly common for all of us. The level of anxiety that we have about sex comes from a lot of different places, but there's there's some serious commonalities that we all have. So The fifth one is medication. That's actually one of the ones that I hear a lot from my folks who have dealt with depression and anxiety, the medications they are on. Sometimes they don't even realize it's the medication that they're on really impacts their libido or they really impacts their ability to reach orgasm. They will often complain about like, you know, I have, I have a hard time getting in the mood one, but two, I also have a hard time at all getting to orgasm, even when I'm masturbating on my own. So medications can play a very large part in how you are experiencing sex with your partner. One of the things that I think we don't realize is how much our biology can really impact our ability to have sexual contact or be sexually aroused or be interested in sex at all. So Oftentimes, when I meet with clients, one of the things I'm asking them to do is to meet with a doctor. So we're going to get to more of that here in a second because I am going to go go over three ways that you can tackle these issues as they come up. The big thing that I hear from women, and this is, I mean, this should come as no surprise to you, is some sort of trauma. So sexual trauma is incredibly common for women. We have arguments in the field of like how how prevalent it is. One in three, one in four women have experienced sexual assault in their lifetime. And of course, they experience some sort of sexual trauma trigger if they haven't processed that completely in their lives. We as women, we have to deal with that kind of fear more often than many other folks in the world. And so when you've experienced sexual assaults, you can have a loving, trusting relationship with your partner and still experience a trigger from your past sexual assault. So I think it's really, really important to consider that because sometimes when I've talked to my clients, they will talk about their trauma, but they won't connect it to some of their sexual experiences now. When in reality, something we do know is that a lot of our past, a lot of our upbringing, a lot of our story impacts our current life. So one of the things that I go over with my clients is, hey, 
How do you think maybe this trauma has impacted your life now? And sometimes it takes a little bit of work to kind of uncover that. So speaking of that, I think it's now time to talk about how do we tackle this performance anxiety? How do, what are three ways that you can start to figure out, okay, what's happening in my sex life? How did, how did we get here? How do I get through this? Quick break from the action, folks. (laughs) Action. (laughs) I just want to tell you about my Patreon. Every week, I bring you guests and, seriously, lots of sex nerdery. (laughs) Help me keep doing that by becoming a supporter. What do you get in return? Cool perks. For real. I am going to be doing shout-outs, stickers, a bunch of stuff. So check it out at ericamiley.com forward slash Patreon. That's E-R-I-K-A-M-I-L-E-Y dot com forward slash Patreon. I hope to see you and see more of you by becoming a Patreon. Thanks, guys. Number one, visit your doctor. You have to find a doctor that you feel comfortable talking about your sexuality with, your sexual life, your sexual identity, because there is a biological component here. We need to know and be sure that there isn't a hormone issue happening because guess what? especially for women, our hormones change throughout our lifespan. And we have to make sure that those hormones aren't the culprit for whatever sexual issue that we're experiencing, especially as we get later in life. After maybe if if you've decided to have a family, after you've had a family, those hormones can change and your body changes so significantly after having a family that it is so important to really understand your body and how it works. So, and if you can't find a doctor, if you're struggling to find a doctor, or if you're worried about asking those questions, here's the reality. (laughs) Doctors are so used to seeing our sexual foibles. (laughs) I love, I've listened to, I'm eventually going to have an ER uh, like nurse or doctor come on just so that they can talk about the sexual injuries that they see all of the time in the ER. Because this is something that all of us do and we all screw up. We all make (laughs) hard choices choices with our sexuality and sometimes it ends up that we get injured and need to go to the ER for it. So I I encourage all of you to really find a, a good doctor that you can feel connected to enough that you can talk to about these things so that you know that, okay, physically I'm okay. Or, oh wait, I, I have a hormone issue or I have a medication that's really impacting me. Second, I really, really want you to check out therapy. Because guess what? As a sex therapist, this therapy works. We know that we can help you with this form of anxiety. We know we can help you with being able to challenge these thoughts, challenge these feelings, and help you understand yourself and your body better. So really, I promise, therapy works. And there's a ton of my me and my colleagues that are happy to help you with this. And If you don't feel comfortable, if you do already have a therapist, but you don't feel comfortable talking to them about your sex life, it's okay to look for another therapist. Something that we know about therapy is that the relationship is paramount and the relationship is what makes therapy work. So finding a therapist you can feel connected to enough to be able to talk about your sex life is really, really important. And 
if that's not their wheelhouse, but you still want to stay with that therapist, finding a sex therapist that is educated is also very helpful. And if you're looking for one of those, I'm happy to shoot me an email. I'm happy to help you find one or at the very least get you connected to a place where you can, where you can find one. Okay. Third, this is one of the things that I, I begin with with many, many of my clients, no matter what kind of form, performance anxiety they're facing, is we start with any kind of intimacy that is not necessarily going to lead to intercourse. So what that can mean is lots of fun, sensual massages, or it could mean lots of touch, making out, lots of different kinds of things without the expectation of intercourse so that you can take that pressure off of yourself and take that pressure off the table so that you can feel connected to your partner and not feel like you have to reach that orgasm or feel like you have to please them or whatever the case may be. Focusing on that intimacy, number one, being able to connect. So three ways to tackle. Doctor, go to the doctor. (laughs) Two, go to therapy. And three, start with intimacy that does not have to lead to intercourse. So those are kind of the, the three big ones that I really want you to try. The other thing that I think is important to mention here is this goes for everyone, but more specifically for my women out there. Fight or flight or freeze, so the three Fs, are a huge deal for us as humans. It's part of our old brain, this back part of our brain back here. This, this is the, brain, the part of the brain that evolved first. It is in charge of keeping us alive. So when this old brain interprets that there's a cheetah in the room, I use cheetah because it's great. They're fast, you know, they're, and they're cool, cool predator. When the, when the brain interprets that there's a cheetah in the room, the smoke detector goes off and says, ho, ho, yo, yo, hey, 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 there's a cheetah in the room. You need to run, you need to play dead, or you need to fight back. Now, when your brain's deciding between those three things, it's not doing much else. It's not pooping. It's not having sex. <laughs> it's not doing a lot of things because it is actually preparing your entire body and your mind to be able to do those three things and those three things only. So that being said, if you can think about it that way, you're of course you're struggling to have a sexual connection with your partner if you are in a state of fight or flight or freeze. You can't make any other decisions other than that. And we know actually from research that shows that it takes at least 20 minutes for you to have access to this one up here. It's called the prefrontal cortex. It makes those decisions for us. It makes emotional decisions. It, it is our emotion regulator. So it is really important to know that there's a big part of this that there, you couldn't control. So Understanding how fight or flight or freeze works is really, really important. If you understand, oh, wait, I'm kind of in, I am, I am really scared right now, or I'm feeling um, triggered from a trauma or whatever the case may be, learning to be able to calm your body down so it can teach the brain that you're okay and that there's no cheetah in the room is really, really important. So I kind of covered a lot of ground here. (laughs) I really want you to go to the doctor, get some therapy, and 
try to take the pressure off of yourself if at all possible. And if you're really struggling to do that, return to one or two, come back, come to therapy (laughs) and go to the doctor. We are happy to help. So if you all have questions, please, please, please shoot me an email, erica at ericamiley.com. I'm going to be putting this as many places I possibly can. So please drop things in the comments and I really want to be present for all of you as much as I can and connect you with other professionals if it can't be me. So feel free to reach out. And I'm so glad that y'all are here. I'm so glad we're going to be doing more of this video stuff. I've been toiling. I've been toiling. How do I get the video stuff going? How do I, how do I connect to my audience more that way? So thanks for sticking through to the end. And if you're listening to this, via podcast, please, please, please jump on, rate five stars in the iTunes or your podcast app. Please, 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 how we get found. And I also have a Patreon for those of you who don't know. I am trying to create more content for all of you. And all of us content creators out here are doing this for free. So (laughs) please jump on if you are interested. I would love to have you. And thanks again. Y'all have a great week and I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening, folks. Please rate and review on iTunes. It helps this podcast get found. If you leave a five-star review, let me know about it on any social media, and I'll shout you out on the podcast. You can find my website at ericamiley.com. You can find me on Facebook, the Gram, and Twitter. See you all next time.